Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that we have the opportunity to come here this morning, Lord, and praise you and worship you, Lord, and um, and learn more about you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the word that you've prepared in Andrew's heart, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, that um, you're going to be present in every word that he speaks, Lord. So I pray, um, and I thank you that your Holy Spirit is welcome here. I pray, Lord, that you will speak through Andrew, Lord. Remove any fear if he hasn't, Lord, and we just pray for your will to be done. In your name, amen. Thanks, Jess. Hey, thanks for coming this morning. It's impressive that you managed to get your boat through the monsoon to, monsoon to get here. Hey, I'm always impressed people that show up in weather like this. Um, can you back off the lights a little bit, maybe? Yeah, that's better. Um, we believe in authenticity in this church, if you haven't picked that up already. And I, I think it's a strength. No, I know it's a strength, actually. Um, so I'm going to be honest this morning and say this sermon is one I did many years ago at our other church because we did a series on contagious Christianity there. And so the notes are very similar in some ways, but I don't know how it will come out because I'm not the same. And I want to make that point this morning is, um, you know what, we are the sermon. Our lives are the sermon. And if people, even especially if people know us over time, they start to see change. And they start to see authenticity. And um, that's who we want to be. But I want to ask the question this morning, and you probably, I think I've asked this before, but I heard it at a conference years ago and it's never left me. And it's like, why wasn't Jesus, right? We talk about our inner wounds or emotional wounds or how people treat us, whether it's our parents or kids at school or whatever. Why wasn't Jesus the most wounded person to ever walk the earth? Like his dad disappeared, we don't know whether he died or left or what happened to his dad. He was misunderstood, mistreated just about his whole life. Why wasn't Jesus in therapy? (laughs) I think it's a fair question. And here's the answer, right? Because he knew who he was, where he came from and where he was going. So this morning I want to ask you the same question. Do you know who you are? Particularly that question. Do you know who you are? And I'm not anti-therapy. I'm training in that stuff at the moment. So, you know, I'm not anti-therapy. And the biggest question out there that people need to get well is, who am I? Well, this morning I want to talk about who are we as a movement. Because I think the Salvation Army in some ways has lost its identity. We've forgotten who we are. And so I want to unpack that this morning. I think probably the guy who started it had it right. Like, I'm not real smart, right? But you'd think. And because it started so well and so strong and had such an impact on the whole world at the time, right? Like, I don't forget the figures, but it was thousands of people showed up to William Booth's funeral through the streets of London. Like, the impact was insane. Maybe he was onto something. Well, this is what William Booth said, and I think we should, you know, maybe we should cut the camera today because I still want my job. <laughs> maybe we should change the vision statement to what it was originally when William Booth said, we are a salvation people. We're about getting saved, keeping saved, and getting someone else saved. I don't know why we ever forgot that. 
I think that's okay. Getting saved, we get to know Jesus. He transforms our lives. We keep saved by doing the spiritual disciplines we read in the Bible that are going to keep us on the right track and growing in Him. And you know what? We care when we're impacted by the love of God, we can't help but share it with someone else and get them saved. It's not a bad vision statement, hey? Probably why the world, so much time we went around the world, you know, under the power of the Holy Spirit and made an amazing impact. I remember having a conversation with a guy who loved the brass banding and I was young, you know, and my frontal lobe wasn't fully developed. And, and I went around this guy's place for a meal and he was complaining about they closed the band down. And I mean, it's just a thought I had at the time. I probably should have kept it to myself because it wasn't very pastoral. But I said, we're, but uh, we're not the band army. We're not the, we used to have choirs called songsters. I said, we're not the songster army. I thought we were the salvation army. And so we're still the salvation army no matter what we look like as long as people are getting saved. But if people aren't getting saved, we actually got to question who we are. And this morning, I'll you know, just put my other two cents worth in because I don't think my frontal lobe is ever going to develop properly. We're not the social justice army either, friends. Okay? Let's just stay on. You talk about Melissa's um, kids' time. Melissa's kids' time is pretty on point. They call it mission drift. Well, that's a cool word. What it actually talking about is being disobedient to the Holy Spirit. We're still a salvation army. Does that include social mission? Does it include social justice? Absolutely. But I reckon the person we help through our social justice when they get to judgment day and the Lord says, I never knew you, may be disappointed. Friends, we're about eternity. We're not just about the here and now. Absolutely relieve suffering and pain and poverty. That's what William Booth was all about. But he also had an eternal agenda. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Contagious people, I believe, are salvation people. These salvation people of the early army were contagious. They were annoying too, I think, and honest and in your face. But it's, what have you got? You know, today, our world is so anxious and depressed. If you're bold and you've got passion, you're going to attract attention. I heard a long time ago, there's only two kinds of people that change the world. Holy crazy people or unholy crazy people. So we may as well be holy crazy. Hey, not passive and anyway, better get on with it. Our first point on the sheet and come up there is salvation people are safe people. What do I mean by that? Well, the first part of being safe and that we try to practice here is non-judgmental. Who needs another judgment put on them by someone? I don't. Hey, our world is so judgmental. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg, for that. Hey, you want to be judged, just put your stuff out on Facebook. Every Tom, Dick and Harry will judge you. Keep out of that. It says, safe people don't judge people. Matthew 7.1 says, do not judge or you too will be judged. Now, I think this is a really misunderstood word today in the church. Oh, don't judge, don't judge, don't judge. And so we throw the baby out with the bathwater and we don't discern either. And we wonder why we make mistakes and end up the garden path all the time. Jesus didn't say don't be discerning. He said test the spirits. I 
What he was saying was don't be a fault finder who is negative and destructive to others and enjoys actively seeking out other people's failings. We know those kind of people, don't we? Don't be one of them. Such a person puts the worst possible construction on their motives, pours cold water on their schemes and is ungenerous towards their mistakes. I love um, the story of the woman who was caught in adultery and these guys were going to, you know, in those days, the Jews would throw rocks at them until they were dead. Pretty brutal way to take someone out, really. And so they're going to stone this woman. And Jesus shows up. I love it. He says, let him who is without sin throw the first stone. It's funny that the old guys left first. Hey? Maybe they'd learnt something. But also I love this, right? When they'd all left, Jesus looked at the woman and he said, go sin no more. So he didn't condone her behaviour, but he also didn't judge her. Friends, that's the balance, that we're to be people like Jesus. The Bible says in, in the book of John, he came full of grace and truth. And that's the balance we're aiming for, like Jesus, to be full of grace. We don't judge people, but we also call them out on their rubbish, gently, lovingly. Hey, what is that? You know? Um, Wayne, I don't condone wearing your Jesus hat at the pokies, bro. Okay? You know better than that. We love the other stuff you said. Just grace and truth. Okay? We love each other. I love, you know, if you really, and I've said this before too, but 1 Corinthians 13, where it says love rejoices with the truth, actually means you can't have love without truth and you can't have truth without love. So if you leave the truth out, you're not being fully loving. And if you leave the love out, you're not being fully truthful. Work that out. That'll take you a while to unpack. But that's the truth of the word. Okay? Number two, salvation people are welcoming people. I love about this church that everyone's accepted. Must be winter because lots of people are wearing their shoes today. I love it as you can come as you are. Hey, that's what Jesus was about. He didn't say, go back and get a suit on, get a haircut, shave your beard, get rid of your tattoos, then you can come to me. He just said, come. And so we need to be the same. Say, hey, go with me. Inclusive. I love radically inclusive people. I love, um, I've got at least two of them in my family. My wife and Kate are some of the most inclusive people I've ever met. Unbelievable. If you want to learn how to be inclusive, hang out with them for a while. Radically inclusive people. I think Jesus was a radically inclusive person. He certainly wasn't exclusive. People say he was. I don't believe he was. Anyone was welcome. Second um, Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness, but he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. Do you hear that? I think that's such a key verse. But everyone, his heart. Now, he's not going to force people. He's not going to say you can come without Jesus. You know, your life can be an absolute mess and blow Jesus off and you still come in. No. Okay? Because God's holy. And unholy can't live with holy. That's why Jesus had to come in the first place. So we take on Jesus' holiness or goodness, then we can hang out with God. That's how it was fixed. So we can't just go in the back door. We've got to go through the one way that Melissa was talking about. But you are all welcome. See, the problem with us is, well, I want to be welcome and have my cake and eat it too. Well, you know, it's, just, it's not life. Where have you been? It's not true. I can't go into the bank and say, you know, give me a million dollars. You're going to laugh at me. 
Or we say that to God. Well, what's wrong with me, God? Why can't I do it that way? One of the problems is we don't teach our kids consequences anymore, do we? Hey, we wonder why we learn them in later life. I tell you what, the price for consequence is a lot um, more costly when you're older. It's best to learn them when they're young. It's best to learn them quick. It's best to learn them through someone else's pain. But I tell you, friends, there's constant, you know, I, I just believe there's gravity. I don't need to get on the roof and jump off to prove it. I just believe gravity works. Right? If I said to you, I don't believe in gravity, come outside, I'm going to get on the roof and jump off and see if I'm okay. But we do that to the Word of God all the time. Well, I don't believe that. I don't think I'm going to do that. I don't think that works. Well, tell me how that plays out for you. I've got no idea what that had to do with my message. Reinhard Bonnke, the German evangelist ministering in Africa. Some of you know Reinhard Bonnke. He was called to Africa. Saw millions of people come to know Jesus, right? And he's sharing with a college from Switzerland. I found this as funny as Switzerland. About a miracle of 42 million people coming to Christ in Africa. Amazing. And this man replied, oh, yes, brother, but that's Switzerland, not Africa. And Reinhard correctly pointed the man to John 3.16 that said, God so loved the world. God's right. He loves everyone. He loves everyone. William Booth's vision was for the world. It's still on the side of the building in Elizabeth Street. If you head north up Elizabeth Street, look at the old Congress Hall building. It says the world for Christ and Christ for the world. That was the cry of William Booth. We realize his heart is for the world. God is radically inclusive. Number three, salvation people are eternity-focused people. I think this is so important in our day and age because we've just slowly been intoxicated by humanism. You know, humanism and, I don't know, whatever else you want to call it, it's just, you know, life is only about what we experience between birth and death. You know what, the Bible tells us that birth and death is about that big, right? That's about your 70 or 80 years or however much you're lucky to get. And eternity is like, you can't kind of measure it, right? You get that. So we put all this effort worrying about this and we, we ne neglect all that part. I'm just trying to put it back in perspective, right? So I want you to make a list. Get a pen. If you want to do this, don't have to do this. On the back of your sheet. These are the things that are eternal. From my understanding of the Bible, you can argue with me later if you disagree. God. I believe God is eternal. Okay, now we could theologically argue this one back and forth, but just roll with me on this one. I think in many ways people are eternal, their soul, right? So you can write God, people, God's word, it says his word endures forever. God's love, these three remain, faith, hope and love, but the greatest of these is love, so God's love. And God's righteousness, if you want a verse on that, it's Isaiah 51.8, if you don't believe me. Okay, so we've got one, two, three, four, five things there, which, you know, there's probably more, but uh, we can look at the Word and say these things are eternal. They are never going away. You know what I hate about relationships is people leave. Disappointing, isn't it, really? What I like about God is he's not going nowhere. He's around forever. What I love about his Word is he's around forever. Does that make sense? Here's the things that are temporal or temporary or not going to last forever. 
when this life ends, they end too. Knowledge. I was so excited about that. Because <laughs> in this, our society, we just put knowledge up there, don't we? Well, knowledge is power. Yeah, great, but it's going to end when I die. It's going to end when Jesus comes back because it says, when I see him, then, then you know, my eyes will be opened and I don't think I'll need to know. I won't have to go to uni then. That's exciting, isn't it? So knowledge is going to come to an end. So it doesn't mean don't study, don't learn. It just means put it in its right perspective. Okay, it's not an eternal thing. Um, anything material. Well, we know that, don't we? But we worship it anyway. Touched the bone there for someone. <laughs> marriage is one that will mess you up. Marriage is not an eternal thing, dude. Some people go, oh, fuel. <laughs> Other people are really excited about that. Or un- <laughs> actually unhappy about that. So, so, you know what? Marriage is for here. God said it's not good for man to be alone. Well, humankind to be alone. So marriage is a good thing. But it's not eternal. So are we supposed to put our security in our spouse? We do. Or in Jesus. I can guarantee one of the secrets of carrying Jesus' happy marriage is their security is in Jesus more than it's in each other. Okay, let's, I'm just trying to build some perspective, people. Because if you watch the news and you hang out on Facebook and you talk to the guys down the, wherever, okay, you're going to get a worldly perspective, not an eternal perspective. And that's why I love the mission of this church, love God, love people, because that's about focusing on eternity. Salvation people are eternity-focused people. And finally, salvation people are faith-sharing people. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. We could spend hours just on that little bit of the verse. How good is that? In your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. This is the part I want to focus on. Always be prepared to give an answer. And you know, Wayne, you did that well. Where'd he go? Well, he's talking about Jesus. Okay? He was, he was ready to give an answer. If anyone asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. Hey, Wayne was ready this week. Are we ready? Are we ready to give an answer for why we believe? And I love 2 Timothy 1.12 says, That is why I'm suffering yet as I am. So it'll bring suffering. Yet I'm not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and am convinced. See, that's about our relationship with Jesus. Can you say that this morning? If not, you need to do some business with Jesus. If you want to be secure in your relationship with Jesus, we've got to be able to say, I know whom I believed. I know whom I believed. And I am convinced. Are you convinced? If not, it's okay. Just work towards becoming convinced. I don't think I've always been convinced, but I'll tell you what I am now. Maybe it takes a while. The best preparation for sharing our faith is nurturing our relationship with Jesus. You know what? This is in my notes, but it'll be fun. When you talk to Jess or Caleb, they just want to talk about each other to you all the time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sure. You don't have to own it. When we're madly in love with someone, we can't help but talk about them. So if we're really in love with Jesus, it's just going to come out somewhere. 
If it's not coming out, friends, he might not be your first love. Or my first love, I'll own it. What we love, we can't help but talk about. The other point I wanted to make in that was I love this song by Stephen Curtis Chapman. It's an old song and he says this, I love it. I don't want these words to sound like I've got it all figured out. But there's a few things I can say I know without a doubt. I know there's a God who knows my name. I know a son who died to take the blame. I believe Jesus is coming back because promises are promises and facts are facts. Yeah, what he was trying to say there was he didn't have to know know, the Bible like the greatest theologian. He just had to know Jesus well enough to have a great relationship with him and to really know what he did know. I don't have to know everything about the Bible or everything in the Bible, but what I do know, I need to really be convinced of. Is that okay? I love this. The blind man Jesus healed in the temple, John 9, 25, he replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. And this is a blind man, right? So Jesus comes along, heals this guy's sight, and then the religious guys want to you know, make theology out of it, right? And they go, well, and they start questioning this guy. He's not even a Christian yet. Jesus healed his sight. He's not even a Christian. And so they're questioning this guy, and this is the only response the guy had. He said, I don't know whether you know, Jesus is a sinner or not. One thing I do know was I was blind, and now I see. Friends, that's the power of your testimony. People can argue your theology till the cows come home, but they can't argue with your testimony. My life was a mess. Now it's not such a mess. And I couldn't have done that. So you work it out. That's your testimony. So good. That's all we have to do to be contagious. That's all we've got to do to be salvation people. Well, I guess, you know what, it's up to us, isn't it? Who is, who is Long Jetty Salvation Army? Yeah, it's not a cute building. You know, it's not a program. Who is the Salvation Army in Australia? Well, it's everyone who wants to say, I'm into getting saved, keeping saved, and getting someone else saved. And I'm going to be a salvation person. I'm going to focus on what's eternal, not what's not. not See, I don't even know why God asked me to preach, because I can't even speak properly. That's what God does. What's he asking you to do today that you're not equipped to do? (laughs) Hey, come on. You don't have to be equipped. We heard that. Jess got no idea what God's got in store for her. Well, she's got some idea, but really has no idea. Hey, because it's a a walk by faith. says, come, he's back. Good to see you. Be more quieter, hallelujah. Embrace that, brother. All right, well, I'm going to invite the band up, and I love this song. Are you doing communion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, it's about coming back to our first love, coming back to Jesus, returning to him, knowing that he is our source of everything, and making sure our relationship with him is right. So if you don't know Jesus this morning, and you're sensing a, a, a pulling towards him or a you know, he wants something to happen there. You know, sometimes it's as easy as praying a prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come and be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me. 
for um, you know, doing things my own way, being independent. I want to do things your way because I believe that you are the creator of the universe and you actually know how to run this life well. So maybe it's just like Jess testified this morning, come to that place of surrender. So anyway, what I want you to do is engage this morning. Can you do that? Because I think the Bible says this, and sometimes we're just too passive. Um, I like being passive, but sometimes it's not right to be passive, right? And the Bible says, draw near to God. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. It doesn't say sit back, relax, and wait for a coffee. It says draw near. So as this song is played, if it's helpful for you to draw near through standing, stand. If it's helpful for you to draw near through coming and kneel, then come and kneel. Whatever is going to help you to draw near, you know, to engage, to show God that you want to engage with him in this next moment and just wrestle with some of the stuff we've talked about this morning and make sure that you and if you want to be right with Jesus, make sure you are right with Jesus. If you are right with Jesus and you want him just to kind of, you know, give you a fresh touch of his power to overflow to the people around you who don't know Jesus yet, well, come and get that too because he has everything that we need. Hey, let's engage with him this morning in this time.